Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Let's just give Godwin um, a round of applause. He's just going to share a quick testimony of what God's done in his life recently. Good morning, everybody. Uh, just uh, want to give God the glory for what he has done for me in past few weeks. Uh, but before I share that, I just want to thank all the prayer meeting people, because uh, when this happened, I informed them, my wife informed them then that they should pray for me. So I thank God the way things go. But before I read, I will go to Isaiah 43, it said there, but now, that says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. When you pass through the water, I'll be with you. And when through the river, that shall not overflow you. And when we walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. So it was uh, on 24th of uh, June. I woke up on Friday night. I was having some pains in my stomach. I was like, oh, what is happening? I said, oh, maybe it's hungry. I didn't eat very early. I eat, the last meal was around uh, 3, 3 p.m. in the evening. Then I went to gym. I said, oh, maybe it's because of that. I went down and I have, some, I have something to eat. I come back again. It starts again. Then in the morning, I was supposed to go to work. I said, no, I, I, cannot, I cannot go to work because uh, the pain continues. So I called one of my friends. He said, oh, maybe it might be COVID or something. Just buy ibuprofen or something and take. Then I went and buy it. I drink it. Everything, all the pain went off. On Sunday, I come to the church. Monday, I went to work. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything was perfect. I do things normal like the way I used to do all the whole things. Then on Saturday, we were just going to some surprise birthday party for my wife, which I don't know, and she don't know. So everything went okay. We were there dancing, doing all the stuff. Nothing happened. At the end of the party, everybody have gone. I just got serious pain in my stomach. I was like, oh, what is happening? I went to the toilet. I come out. Oh, I couldn't bear it. I said, no, we have to leave. That this is so bad. Then we drove about 14 minutes. God saved me. God helped me. The pain was very, very bad. Very, very bad. When we get home, we call ambulance. Ambulance said they don't have time. My wife just take me straight to hospital, Ready Hospital. They just took me straight away. They do this scan. They do first the scan. They couldn't see anything. They take me to um, ICT scan. After 15, 20 minutes, they come back and said, oh, it's an acute appendix. That uh, how long have I been having the pain? I say since seven days. He said, oh, you kept this so long that you have busted in your stomach for seven days. You have spread all the bacterias to your uh, bowel, intestine. You have seized all your intestine, everything that is going to be an emergency operation that is going to be done by 10 o'clock. I was like, wow. So they went and came back again and said, no, that they will do it in 6.30 or 6 o'clock, that they have to do it straight away. It's a complicated one. I was like, oh. I said, okay, my wife, she tested SE or Pastor Roham that tell them to pray for me. So she did. And uh, they came around 6 or 6.30, and they took me straight to the emergency operation. I woke up around 11.30. They have done it. I said, oh, thank God. When I woke up, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what happened. But after the next uh, day, all the doctors come and say, oh, he was here yesterday with a very, that he came here very bad. That he was very bad yesterday. I said, I didn't know. They started explaining to me what happened, what they did. I was like, oh, thank God. This, all this, what I was going through, I was like, oh, God, thank you. So but when I closed my eyes first time to pray, what I see was lion. I don't know what is that. I closed my eyes. I saw lion. I said, what is lion? I was like, okay. I remember I said, oh, it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. That, that is 
he was working at my behind, which I don't know what was going on in my life. Then after some days, Pastor Rohan called me and said he wanted to pray for me. I didn't tell you that, but immediately I closed my eyes. What I see was a stripe. I was like, what is this stripe? I remember it's the stripe of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, by the stripe of Jesus Christ, we are healed. So I just want to give God the glory that I'm okay now and everything went fine. Thank you and thank you, God, for everything you have done for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. And let's just pray for you, Godwin, just before you disappear. Isn't that an awesome testimony? I mean, because you, you told me that usually with acute appendix, like if, if it bursts, you have a few days before it gets very, very, very serious and, you know, you could be in real big trouble. So seven days, it's like a miracle. So, yeah, Father God, we thank you for Godwin. We thank you, Father, that you've kept him, you've kept him alive. You've healed him. You, you allowed the doctors to do everything that they needed to do on time so that he's still here with us today, Father. And I thank you for your just protection over him and his family and your continual healing to his body. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for how you intervened in this situation. And, Father, you brought him out on the other side. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Great testimony. <clears throat> And you know, Pastor Garrett, Pastor, he's not here today, is he? Pastor Garrett, sorry, the youth need to go out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, let's, let's put the youth out first. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for the young people. Um, and we thank you for their group this, this, this morning, Father God. We thank you that you just speak through Niall and the other leaders to just deliver a message that is going to change their lives forever, Father, today. Lord, really sow something into their hearts that's going to transform them in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, Pastor Gary had a, an experience, he, he should really tell it, um, where he was, he, he was actually sick. It's interesting what you said. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't well, and I think he was taking some medication and stuff, and he had this experience where uh, he, he saw like these kind of demonic kind of things coming at him, and then, and then and this kind of weird spirit thing came at him in a vision, this is in a dream kind of vision thing. And then he felt the light, he felt like the mane of a lion come right next to his head. And he, I think the lion said something, I can't remember what it said, something like he's, he belongs to me or something like that. And this, these demonic things just fleed away. But it's interesting, like you were saying about the lion, you know, we have such a protection in God. God, nothing can happen to us without God, God's permission and God's God ruling and reigning and sorting things out. He, he is in control and he's so powerful. He's so much more powerful than sickness, than disease, than anything demonic. And we're going to be talking about all of that today. This is what the message is actually going to be about today. Um, and we're going, to get some, we're going to get practical and we're going to just speak out some scriptures and we're going to declare some stuff. So I do want to try and finish on time. So I'm going to try my best to. Um, but it's interesting that sometimes, I don't know what about you, but I don't know if you've ever found that sometimes when you start going in a certain direction with God, that things can tend to get worse before they get good. Have you ever found that? Have you ever found that when God's asked you to do something or you start to step out in faith for something or you start to believe God for something or you start to go in a certain direction with God or you start plugging into God or whatever it may be, things can sometimes get a little bit more difficult than easier and you've got to kind of press through but God I feel that that God strengthens us in the battle in our in the things that challenge us in life when we persevere when we press through when we press into God for breakthrough in whatever area it may be it could be all sorts of things um we, he grows us, he strengthens us, he matures us in those times. It's like that song about the pressing and the crushing, but God brings out new wine. You know that song? I think we've, we've played it here a few times before. He births something new in us as we go through that process and we come through it and we go out the other end. It's, it's almost like sometimes the Lord allows things into our lives to cause us to grow up, to cause us to depend on him, to cause us to, to, to fix our gaze on him and to persevere and to move through. 
you know, as I, I spoke a few weeks ago about going into Broadfield, about this kind of word that God's given us about moving into Broadfield. And it's interesting as we've started to do that, that different things are starting to flag up in people's lives and stuff's going on. And, you know, just one quick testimony for me is as we started to go into Broadfield and we were doing prayer walking, we led some prayer meetings, I had this, I just got this back pain. Like I've, I've never, I think I might've had like serious back pain once in my life and that was because I lifted something heavy. Hadn't lifted anything, hadn't done anything silly, hadn't stretched it or done anything in a wrong way. I just got this back pain, this was a few weeks ago. And I could barely get out of bed. I couldn't, if I sat down, I could barely get up. It was just this weird pain in my back that I've never, never really had before, apart from when it was self-inflicted. And I just knew, you know, we know these things that these are, I knew it was a spiritual thing. I knew we're pressing into God. We're going into this area. We're trying to take ground. And I knew this was a spiritual thing that was going on. And and I just began to just speak to God about it. And, and God was just like, you've got, this is, you, oh, I won't use that term actually. Well, yeah, okay, okay, I'll use it. It's, got, it's coming to my head. But have you ever heard that term new level, new devil? That when you're trying to press into something with God, when you're trying to move forward and you have to come into a new level with God, the enemy kind of has to try and match you and to stop you from going and doing whatever it is you want to do. You know, I remember, James, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Hopefully you don't mind me sharing this testimony. But I remember you saying when you, you, had, you had a moment with God where um, a number of months ago where you started to, um, you just felt God was calling you back to church, pressing into him to get back into the word, listen to messages and stuff like that. And you said that you had that kind of weird experience at night. I don't know if it was once or a number of times, but where you felt like something was kind of covering your mouth or like, you know, medically speaking, it's called like sleep paralysis or something like that, where you can't move. And like, I've had that loads of times. And sometimes there, it's, it's the enemy trying to oppress you. It's the enemy trying to prevent you. you. You stepped into something new. You believe God was calling you into something new. And you started stepping into God and pressing into God. And it's like the enemy has to kind of push you back. It's, it's almost like, if he doesn't, he's just allowing you to continue on to do what you're doing and to grow in God. So he will, he will often, pretty much always, will try to test your faith and try to press you back. And we've got to learn to fight the good fight. In fact, we've got to learn how to do spiritual warfare, which is what my message is about today. We've got to not allow the enemy to do things like that, but to continue on in whatever it is God's told us to do. We don't retreat, we don't surrender, we don't go backwards, we don't give up and just say, oh, this is too difficult, this is too much, I'm just going to forget it. You continue to move forward in God, you continue to take ground, you continue to be obedient, and we continue to march forward in the things that God's called us to do. We often, I think, as believers, we can sometimes feel like we're, we're being, there's a pushback and then we just go backwards and like, okay, forget it, we just, we won't bother. Like I, we could do that with Broadfield. We could say, well, okay, we stepped into it and there's a number of things happening in, in different people's lives. Some people not here this morning. And, and it's like, well, let's just, let, maybe this isn't right, the right time to do this now. Let's just sit back. Let's just kind of tick over as we're doing in church and let's just, you know, do what we're doing and just leave that vision and we'll just park it for another time. But no, we need to continue to move forward. We need to continue to defy what the enemy is trying to do and to continue to press on in what he's called us to do and move forward. And you'll find that our lives, our Christian lives are about, we're, 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 called, to be, we're called to be in a battle. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. And there's no escaping that. Once you Became, you gave your life to the Lord, you entered into a war, you entered into the army of God. And we have the victory, amen. So this is not a war that we're going to lose. Um, there's actually a scripture that says, if you continue to keep on keeping on, you will win the victory. If you keep going, the only thing that can stop us winning and going forward and taking ground and um, accomplishing whatever it is God's got us to accomplish is if we quit. If we give up, that's the only way we lose, if we give up. So we have to continue moving forward. 
I want us to just have a look at Ephesians 6, because this really goes into um, how to fight our spiritual battle. So this is Ephesians 6, verse um, 10 to 18. And I'm just going to read through it. If you just follow me, Sean, I'll just, I'll read through. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's a great chunk of scripture. I recommend you read that again. And you probably would have heard it, the armor of God, you know, lots of, you know, in Sunday school, lots of people learn about it and the kids learn about it. But we've got to come to a level of maturity where we actually really put this into practice. And we need the armor of God on, so to speak. And it tells you about what the different pieces are. But this morning, we're just going to focus on the sword of the spirit and we're going to focus on the shield of faith. Um, and I've got, I've got a handout that I'm going to give out later with some scriptures on it. And we're going to talk through that right at the end, actually, which goes into a bit more detail about some of the scriptures we're going to use. If you just go back one, Sean. Yes, so take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit are all based around the word of God. So first of all, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So the word that is in our Bibles, the words that God has spoken, they are what we use to defend ourselves and they're what we use to actually attack the enemy as well. And we need to learn how to use these weapons of warfare. We have to have the word of God living in us. You know, that scripture says the word of God is, is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. The word of God is sharp. It's powerful. The enemy has to obey the word of God. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted? I think I've got that scripture on there. It's Matthew 4, Sean, if you could just pull that up. So then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus was challenged by the devil, and his first response was, it is written. You know, many of you have heard this before. And then he went on to say, it is written, and he quoted scriptures at the enemy until the enemy couldn't do anything, and he just left him. But we have to have the word of God on the inside of us. We've got to know it. We've got to memorize it. We've got to be in it so that we know how to fight these fights, how to come back at the enemy when these battles are going on in our lives, when things aren't going right, when things are, seem like they're difficult, when stuff is kicking off. And we know that these are spiritual things. We've got to come back at these spiritual things, these spiritual forces with the word of God. So we've got to be equipped with the word. And over the last few weeks, as I was saying, when I was kind of having this conversation with God about my back and stuff, I knew it was a spiritual thing. And God said, you've got to get into the word of God. You've got to get deep in the word. You've got to get your sword out and begin to use your sword. Otherwise, you're going to be defeated. You won't be able to take any ground 
And when I say taking ground, I'm not just talking about the physical ground of Broadfield, but you can apply that to your family life, your finances, your job, your children, whatever it is, your health, your mental health. It's, a, it's taking territory back from the enemy. It's taking spiritual territory, whatever that may look like. And you have to use the, the word. If, we, if we're weak in the word, if we're not strong in the word of God, know the word of God, or in it, meditating on it, declaring it, using it, praying it, we, we're not going to be able to fight. We're not going to be able to stand our ground. That's the sword of the spirit. And it's interesting, this one, I, um, this thing that Jesus said here, because actually he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So every word in our Bibles, those words of God in our Bible, that's what we live by. That's our strength. That's our life. That's what we need to be living on you know it's like he said it's not just about food but it's about his his life comes from his word his his words are spirit and their life so there's another few scriptures on there if you just go to to timothy yeah let's go with that on so all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god that's us may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so all scripture the bible it comes from god it's god breathed it comes from him and we need to use the scripture to to defend ourselves to hold our ground and to move forward and press forward and to attack the enemy, or to just take ground. And obviously the scripture is vast, and there's so many examples and stories and verses and promises that you can use. But you, when led by the Spirit of God into the Word, when you get that rhema word, you can really take hold of the, the Word of God, and you can, you can use it to see change in your life and in the lives of others. If you go to the next one. So your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. In other translations, it stands established forever in heaven. That means the word of God is the word of God. It's, it's foolproof. It's perfect. It's, we, we sometimes don't understand these kind of things here on the earth, but in the spiritual realm, the word is fixed. The enemy has to obey the word. He, has to, he operates by the word. And actually, when he attempted Jesus, he used the word against Jesus. He actually quoted bits of scripture to Jesus. And then Jesus like, quoted scripture back at him and caused him to shut up and go away. But he has to operate by the word of God. He's got limits. He's got boundaries. And it's when we take the word and we declare it to him, we declare it to our situations, our circumstances, those things have to change. The enemy has to move out. He has to obey what God is saying. And we quote, that's why the scripture is so important. His word stands firm in heaven. We can have, we can put our trust in the word. We put our faith in his word because it will come to pass and it will happen. Amen. The next one. Okay, that's back to that one. Okay, so let me just give you an example of the shield of faith. So we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes from the word. When we're, when we're taking, when we're using the word, when we're reading the word, faith, we get faith by reading the word of God, knowing what God's will is, knowing his heart, his purposes. You know, when you're just reading through like um, the gospels, you pick up the heart of Jesus. You pick up the things Jesus is telling us to do, what he's, what he's promising us, what he's commanding us, the way he operates with people and helps people and stuff like that. Just by hearing the word, it's like faith builds in us. And also you know, the whole of the Bible, faith builds in us to, to know what God can do, what God will do in this situation. If he's done it in the life of someone else in the Bible, he'll do it in our lives as well. So that shield of faith, it says it's to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. If you just pull that scripture up, you can find where it says the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. It's to quench the darts of the enemy. So when the enemy comes at us with an accusation or comes at us with a lie or a deception or something that he tries to attack us with, like, for example, something to do with fear that, oh, you, you know, you need to be worried in this situation. When those voices come in, 
we use the shield of faith and our, and our response should be, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. We know that's what the promise of God is for us, and we know that applies to us. And we, use, we hold the shield up and say, no, that fiery dart of the enemy, that lie of the enemy isn't for me. That doesn't belong to me. And you quote back a scripture at that lie of fear when it comes in. And you can apply that to so many other things, you know, rejection or whatever it may be. You have scriptures and and sometimes you've got to do this work yourself. You've got to pull out some scriptures for yourself and have them ready, memorized to use to just stop when the enemy tries to lie to you. Um, I've pulled some scriptures out this morning that we're going to have a look at, but I really encourage you to go through the Bible yourself and pull out promises, pull out scriptures, write them down, put them on your phone, whatever, you know, put them on your computer, memorize them, have them ready so that you're ready to stand your ground against the enemy when he comes at you and lies to you. Knowing your identity in Christ is one of the, is the best shield of faith you can actually have. Knowing who you are in Christ, who God's called you to be, spoken over you that you are, when you know your identity, when the enemy tries to lie about your identity and say something against the word of God, you hold up the shield of faith, say, no, that's not me. I just reject that word. Um, This is who God says I am. And you stand your ground on that word of God. You can, go, you can Google scriptures. You can go, you know, go online. If you, you can pretty much say, write scriptures about, you know, to um, counter rejection or to counter fear or to counter whatever it may be. And scriptures just come up and you can rec- write them down, re- record them, look into them, go in, get into the Bible, see the context of what they've been spoken in and just memorize them and use them. We've got to be equipped in the days that we're in in the things that are happening in the world, in the things that God's calling us to do, we've got to be fully equipped, fully ready to do battle. Okay. Let's have a look how much time we've got left. Okay, we're going to go, we're going to grab these sheets. If a few of you could just give them out, make sure everyone has one of these sheets. I've spent some time just going through God's word. And I didn't actually Google any of these because I felt God wanted me to just do them myself. Um, and I just prepared this, this little sheet and hopefully it's helpful. And you can obviously take it home and use it. I'll also send a, I'll send a digital copy as well on the hotline if you're, if you're on the hotline, if you're not on that. So I'll WhatsApp you a PDF of these as well, and I'll, I may even add a few more to that one as well. So this is an, an exhausted list of scriptures. These are just a few that I pulled out that are relevant to us at the moment. And I've got a few things to just get us ready for battle that I've put at the beginning. Okay, has everyone got one? And this, you know, we've got spare for people that aren't here this morning. So this, so I just felt led to just come up with this. And there's a bit of a process here. And this is, this is how we wage war. This is how we engage with the enemy. And first of all, I started off with just preparation for battle. And this is just, as I've put there, closing any doors to the enemy. So whenever we come into like a, a moment of spiritual warfare, we've got to make sure that there's nothing going on in our lives where we've left a door wide open for the enemy to come in. So stuff that, I don't know, sin, um, whatever it may be, compromise, stuff that you're doing, you know God doesn't really want you to be doing, but you're doing it anyway that opens a massive door for the enemy to come in. If we want to stand our ground against the enemy confidently, firmly, we've got to make sure he's not got some open door that he's just walking through. There's stuff going on. Um, You know, obviously, if you've got, if there's addictions or habits or things that you're struggling with, just please go and get help. Ask, you know, ask one of the leaders to help you. You know, I know that sometimes certain things don't just stop just like that by, you know, clicking your fingers or repenting of it. Sometimes you've got to get help. You've got to work out ways of getting wisdom of how to deal with certain things in your life. 
So please come and speak to people if you need help to, to break off certain things that are going on in your life. But first of all, in Psalm 139, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So we're asking the Holy Spirit to just search us, just to show you, is there anything going on in my life, Lord? Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, resentment, stuff that you're holding against someone, you know, people that you, you might have offended you and you haven't forgiven, any door that you need to shut spiritually. So you ask the Lord to just show you, and he can do that very quickly. Um, just, you just need to have that faith to hear him, and he'll show you. If you ask him, you know, God, God does reveal these things. You just need to sit, sit still quietly, close your eyes, and, you know, often you'll see someone pop up in front of you that, you know, oh, yeah, I haven't forgiven that person when they said that or did that. And, you know, again, some of these things aren't very quick. They might not be quick, a quick fix of just saying, oh, yeah, I forgive you. Some of them might be a process. And, again, ask us for help, and we can help you deal with those kind of things. But first things first, closing the door to the enemy. So ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything that needs to be dealt with in your life. And then straight after that, we just bring in one of my favorite verses, 1 John 1, um, especially verse 9. Uh, says that if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or unrighteousness. And again, it's dealing with things, asking for forgiveness, and he cleanses us straight away. It's like that one minute um, thing that Pastor Colin told us to do, you know, just dealing with stuff, takes a minute to just deal with stuff, and that's gone. And actually, let me just read through that whole scripture. This is the message we've heard from Jesus, and now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But then if we confess, as it goes on to say there, he cleanses us. So it's just dealing with stuff, and it's important we do that. We can't just come in and try and come against the enemy and things if we're, not, if we're not dealing with things that God's kind of needs to point out to us. And then after that, in Hebrews 10, it says we can confidently come before him then. So we've dealt with stuff, we've asked God to forgive us, and then it brings us that confidence. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living, uh, sorry, life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. So we know we've been cleansed by him and we have that confidence before God and that confidence before the enemy that we can stand boldly and we can come right before his, you know, right before him, right before God, and stand in that place of intercession for ourselves and for other people. And that's, that's really important. So once we've done that bit of preparation, we need to know our position. So first of all, we're seated with him in heaven. So we're seated with him in heavenly places. That's reminding ourselves where we're fighting this battle from. We're seated, we're fighting a battle from heaven downwards, rather than from earth upwards. We're seated with him. Our spirit is seated with him in heavenly places. And we're commanding, decreeing, speaking, declaring the truth from that position. I'll just read that. So, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So we're one with him, we abide in him, he abides in us, and we're seated with him in those heavenly places. And then the next, the next one, we are now in Christ Jesus. So you, there's, many, so there's, there's lots of other scriptures, but by the way, you can, be, we can use here. I've just pulled out a few. 
Um, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. So our lives are now hidden in Christ. So our old life has died, we've been buried. And when you're baptized, your life was dead and gone, buried. And you're now living in your new life as a new creation. And your life is hidden in Christ, in God, or hidden with Christ in God. So we're in him, we're protected by him, we're living in him. And the next one there, we are saved by grace and we are God's masterpiece. So God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us to do long ago. So we are saved by, totally by his grace, totally by the gift of God. And we are his masterpiece created to do good things, to, to do the things he's called us to do. That's, our, that's us in our new creation. Okay, just a couple more. So we're more than conquerors and nothing can separate us from his love. So that's back into Romans 8. We did that. I think we did some of that on Sunday. So we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We're victorious. You know, nothing can stop us. So when, when we're in this battle, we're, uh, we've, it's almost like we've already overcome the enemy. Jesus has already overcome the enemy. He's already disarmed him by the power of the cross. And we are just going on in the victory that Jesus has already won for us. So we're more than conquerors through him who love us. And for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing can separate us from his love. And his love is like that protection around us. And there's more in Romans 8 that talks about being separated by persecution or trial or famine or whatever it may be. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He's always with us. He never leaves us. And he doesn't forsake us. So we're more than conquerors. That's our position. We're coming at the enemy from a place of victory. And lastly there, we have the authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. So when Jesus sent out the 72, I think it was, um, he's, they came back and they said, even the demons submit to us. I should have put that on there. Even the spirits, they say, are subject to us in your name. And they came back rejoicing that they saw people healed and they saw people being delivered and all sorts of stuff happening. And Jesus replied to them and he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. What a great promise. And these, and this is quite important before we go into the next bit, and we're going to read those, these scriptures out together, this next bit. But it's very important to understand that with all of these scriptures, with all of the scripture in the Bible, you have to place your faith, you've got to put your faith in the scripture. You've got to put your faith in the promises. Some, some promises in the Bible do happen automatically, and you can obviously, by reading them, you'll understand which ones. But some of them, especially these ones that we're declaring and believing, you've got to believe them and speak them out with faith, with belief that these are for me, and they're speaking about me, and this is, what is, this is what God's will is for my life. So when Jesus said that there, he has given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and those are figurative language of demonic spirits. You know, you may have heard of that term, you know, the devil's under our feet. And this, is, this is where it comes from. And there's another, in Psalm 91, it talks about trampling on the enemy. The devil is under our feet. Amen. And you've got to take a scripture like that, a verse like that, 
and you've got to put your faith in it. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. It's like you've got to recite it. You've got to remember it. You've got to speak it over. You've got to put your faith in it. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to bring life into it. And that is the truth. And it's, it's almost like it's only when you step into that with faith that's when it activates in your life. To activate the word of God, you've got to put your faith and belief and trust in the one who spoke the word, which is God, and in the word itself, in those promises themselves. So we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. So when we're doing spiritual warfare, when we're praying against the enemy and doing stuff like that, we've got to pray from that place of authority. Amen? Okay. Now, we're going to go through these scriptures, and I want us to read them out together. But again, that's the important thing, is that when we're reading these scriptures out, and I've highlighted bits, you know, you don't have to, you can ignore those highlights, but they're just important bits that I've pulled out, but really all of the verses are important. And there's many, 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 many more verses, many more promises in the Bible. I've just gone through Psalms, pulled some out, gone through the New Testament, pulled some out. But there's tons and tons and tons more, there's loads. This is literally scratching the surface of the promises of God in the, in the Bible. But when, so, so in 2 Timothy, when it says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. <clears throat> That's Paul speaking, and you can go into the context of that. And you know if God has done this for Paul, he will do it for us. We're, we're his children, we're his believers, we stand in the same position as Paul, the apostle, as, as children of God. The Lord will rescue us from every evil attack and bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. Now, it's again, we've got to apply our faith into words like that, and we've got to put our trust in God, and we've got to believe these words apply to us, and we speak them out, we pray them out, we pray them, we, we make them, you can make them into first-person speech. So the Lord will rescue me. I mean, Paul's made that first person there, but some of the other scriptures we're going to read out. When you, we'll just read them out as they're written there, but when you're in your, you know, in your, own, your own time, make them applicable to you. Maybe you could put your name in there. You can say, me, I, belonging to me personally, amen? And you own them. So what we're going to do is we're going to read these scriptures out together. And you'll just pick up the gist of them because the ones, specific scriptures I've picked, you'll you'll pick up why I've picked them. And I want us to read these out confidently, boldly. But obviously, when you go away from here, you meditate on these scriptures yourself. And really what I've been doing over the last number of weeks is I've just been getting in the word, getting in some of these scriptures. These are some of them that I've been in, but I've been in other ones as well. And just allowing the the word of God to just wash over me, meditate in it, draw strength from it, draw life from the word and apply them to me. This This word belongs to me. This promise belongs to me. This is who I am in Christ. This is the authority God's given. This is who I am. And it's, it's like you've got to continually be in, you've got to rem- remember them. You know, memorizing the word is so powerful. We should do it more. I don't know if we do do it in our children's work, but we need to do it. As adults, we need to do it. But memorizing scripture, you've got to have it ready. You know, it's got to be ready. Sometimes you're not going to have enough time to find your Bible or find your phone and find a good scripture to use. You've got to have it ready. It's got to be living and active in you, ready to just come straight out and speak over whatever's going on. So let's stand up. Let's stand up. Let's get into a posture where we're going to declare some of these things. And we're going to just read these out together. So let's start with the first one. Okay, we ready? So as we're speaking them out, I want you to just apply your faith to them. Mix them with faith. And believe these are speaking about you and they're for you. Okay. So the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.
Okay, next one. No weapon forged against you will prevail. So just hold on there. So where it says you there, you can, you can put in me there. We won't do that now because it will just get very confusing. But um, when you're at home on your own, you can say no weapon forged against me will prevail. Or in other, I've used certain translations here. You might have other translations. No weapon formed against me will prosper, all that kind of stuff. So use whatever translation you want to use, which you're comfortable with, which makes sense to you. But let's read that again. So, no weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Amen. And as many of you will know, as you just read the word out loud, it's very good practice to read it out loud, to speak it out loud, to pray it through. So a scripture like that, you pray it through as well. You, you, go, you just allow the Spirit of God to take that scripture, to pray it through, to make it, you make it yours, and you declare it, and you pray it, and you claim it. And the word has power in it. It has an inherent power. Like we were saying, it's forever established in heaven. So when you're speaking the word, praying the word, it really, it, it moves. It makes something happen in your life. Amen? So... Psalm 121, right? That's where we are. Okay, let's do this together. So I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from here? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps what, oh, sorry, watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. That's a good one. So next. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy, I will sing and make music to the Lord. Just wait, hold on one second. Just as we start, as, as we go into some of the Psalms, they're talking about our enemies and, and maybe wicked people or evil people. We're not talking about people in this. We're talking about spiritual forces of evil, demonic spirits. You know, like it said in that scripture in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and, you know, everything going on up there. So when we're using these scriptures from Psalms, we're not talking about, we're not aiming it at specific people we don't like or something like that. We're talking about spiritual forces. Okay, where did we get up to? Uh, 91. Okay, this is a great Psalm. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. 
His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armor. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Since they hid their net for me without cause and without cause dug a pit for me, may ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who rob them. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. Rise up, Lord, confront them, bring them down with your sword, rescue me from the wicked. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. Amen. 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 So use these scriptures, take them away, meditate on them. Pray, pray them through, add more to them. But this is, this is who we're called to be. We're called to be people that engage with spiritual forces. We're called to be people that stand firm in the word of God, in the promises of God. And we have to learn to use these weapons of our warfare. We have to learn them. Otherwise, we will be defeated. We will be pushed back by the enemy. So we've got to stay in the word. We've got to stay meditating on the word. We've got to let that st- the strength of the word flow in us, build us up so that we can stand against the enemy. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 